What's up, everybody? Welcome to From the Top Rope. I am your host, Gerge Brooms, bringing episode number 61 here on the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. But before we jump in and talk about all things that happened in wrestling this week, which it was a pretty busy goddamn week, uh, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at I Hate Gerge Brooms. You can follow this podcast at From the Top Rope Podcast. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we are part of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. It's a team of guys who love talking about wrestling, and we've got several different shows all over this uh, podcast feed, and I'm sure you've listened to them all at some point. I'm so grateful that you're here listening to me on this beautiful Monday morning, or whatever the hell you're listening to me. Uh, But of course, we have the boys over at the Wrestling Journal Podcast. That's our flagship show. They're the ones who brought us together, and uh, we're so happy to be here. Uh, They usually drop shows on the weekend, and congrats to them. They recorded episode number 150. Congratulations, boys, on getting to 150 episodes. Uh, They actually did like a live uh, podcast on YouTube, too, which is the first time they've ever done that. And uh, so congrats to the boys. Don't worry. You can find them on this podcast feed as well. And, of course, our homies over at Project Kayfabe. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Project underscore Kayfabe. Um, if you listen to this most recent week's podcast, uh, they broke down WrestleMania. Um, and uh, they always do a great show. Uh, Quad A and uh, Joe over at Project Kayfabe. And you can follow all of us on Instagram, at WrestleBuzz on Instagram, at WrestleBuzz with three Zs on Twitter. And, of course, TikTok. Check out TikTok at WrestleBuzz on TikTok. Um, but, yeah, uh, great week in wrestling. Before we jump in, let's talk about our sponsors. I'm going to plug Paper Champion because this is the best time of the year to be a fan of Paper Champion. Fantasy wrestling done right. Um, it is sign-up season right now. Uh, WrestleMania just ended, and uh, I find it a little shifty that the guy who runs Paper Champion won Paper Champion. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to call a flag on the play. I think Vince came back in and cooked the books right there at the last minute. Maybe he has something to do with the Endeavor deal. Um, but uh, it was a close head-to-head race between uh, uh, the Paper Champion and WrestleBuzz uh, right there at the end. And, of course, Paper Champion came out on top. I didn't get shit this year because, you know, we – if you're, if you're a fan of Paper Champion, if you're not, I'll explain it to you. They have, um, obviously, there's like 20 or so uh, different people on there, and uh, there's different titles for different divisions. And uh, I was right there in the division right below the, the main title and uh, didn't get a title this year, but that's all right. I'm going in hot for this next season. Sign-ups are happening now at thepaperchampion.com. Check them out. And, of course, Bath AF, baby. Bath AF. Bath Bombs Done Right. The dopest bath bombs you'll ever have in your entire life. Longtime sponsor. Haven't had them on here in a while, and they're back. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram at I Love Bath AF and on Etsy at bathaf.etsy.com. Uh, seriously, bath bombs. All right. You got Mother's Day coming up. Um, you know, some people put bath bombs as just for girls. Hell no. I use bath bombs. As soon as I finish this podcast, I'm going to go take a bath with one of these amazing bath bombs from Bath AF. Uh, all ingredient or all organic ingredients, um, coconut oil coming in hot to just make your skin feel smooth as hell as you get out of the bath. Um, everybody works hard. Everybody either works out or they work all day or they've got some type of stress in their life. Take a bath and chill the fuck out with Bath AF. All right, let's talk about wrestling. 
All right, like we always do here on the From the Top Rope podcast, let's count down our 10 count, the top 10 news stories of the week. And boy, was it a busy weekend news. Number 10, we have Cody losing at WrestleMania. Um, to me, that would have been the biggest story of the week, but it's going to f- fucking come in at number 10. Um, I mean, as I'll talk about later in the podcast, I was at WrestleMania and all of you guys were watching at home. And um, it was definitely one of one of the weirdest moments at a wrestling show because everybody came in there knowing Cody was going to win. And, of course, the dirt sheets have rolled out that it's been on the plan weeks before WrestleMania that Cody was going to lose. And um, I don't know, man. Two and a half years of Roman Reigns and the Tribal Chief, um, this was definitely – this had the vibe, right? Out of all the times he's defended that title, uh, this one had the vibe. And uh, came out with some shenanigans with Sola Sokoa. And, of course, the Usos came out and all sorts of stuff. And, um, yeah, Roman went over and you could feel the air get sucked out of the room on that one from inside SoFi. But, um, yeah, the internet just blew up after that. And um, I don't know how to feel about it still. Like, I don't know how to feel about it because it felt like the end of an era and the beginning of a new. Like, I felt like this was the true, like, beginning of the Triple H era. And taking Roman, letting him go take a well-deserved vacation... And letting see what Cody could do as the the top guy, and uh, um, I found the whole thing fascinating. But it was a big deal. It was a big deal all over the internet. Everybody's talking about it, and I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, Cody lost, and um, of course got obliterated the next night on Monday Night Raw, which we'll talk about Monday Raw, Monday Night Raw here in a little bit. But Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of him. So obviously, Brock versus Cody in a feud. Um, I've seen some, uh, I've seen some, I saw some fantasy booking online. I don't know. I can't give them credit because I don't know who did it, but I saw some fantasy book until SummerSlam that I thought was interesting. And I felt like I should share it here. They had Cody and Brock go on to either Backlash or King and Queen of the Ring. And I'm assuming Backlash. That makes a lot more sense. And of course, Cody goes over Brock. Brock goes away on vacation or whatever. Uh, which we, I definitely thought Brock was going to go on vacation after this. I don't know, and we'll talk about later on in our news stories about Vince coming back. I don't know if, if Brock was supposed to, but I also saw dirt sheets where this was always the, the move, but whatever. Here's Let's talk about the fantasy booking. So the fantasy booking was Cody beats Brock, um, and then Seth wins Money in the Bank. All right, so we got Money in the Bank coming up in uh, July or whatever it is uh, down in London. And um, and through a series of events, Cody versus Roman two at SummerSlam, uh, which I believe is in Detroit this year, and Cody beats Roman finally, and and then Seth cashes in immediately and wins the belts back, <laughs> which leads to another eventual at WrestleMania forty, uh, Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania. Um, I kind of like that booking, man. I'm not going to lie, man. I kind of like that booking. If if we're going to beat Cody down for another year um, to have him truly be the person, um, I mean, this could have all gone different if he didn't tore his pe- tear his pec, excuse me, and wasn't out for so long 
And because basically he was here for a few matches and then he, he was gone forever and then he came back at the Rumble. So um, maybe that this will tell the story. Maybe the story is Cody going over uh, Seth at WrestleMania to kind of really close that story out. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, Cody lost at WrestleMania. Wild shit. All right, story number nine. Jay White debuted or sort of debuted in AEW. I say sort of debuted because he's been on AEW before. But. Um, he was there as like a, a he wasn't signed to AEW. He was still part of New Japan, so it was still like part of the the Forbidden Door stuff. But um, I personally didn't like the way he debuted at all. It was just very sudden, very fast, and maybe that's just hey, fucking straight out the door uh, with Tony Khan, um, which Tony Khan put on a better Raw after Mania than WWE did with Dynamite this week. Dynamite was on fire, and. Um, yeah, so Jay White's in AEW, and of course there was all the rumors about Jay White going to WWE. I saw a lot of fantasy booking about Jay White uh, popping up at the Raw after Mania too, and uh, obviously that didn't happen. He popped up at the Raw after <laughs> the Dynamite after Mania uh, instead. But I think it's really cool. Um, uh, AEW needs that that type of stuff, especially with when we get into one of our later stories. We got big shows coming up. And uh, they're going to need these international superstars to roll deep into these sons of bitches. So happy to see Jay White um, in AEW. FTR, story number eight. FTR uh, wins the AEW Tag Team Championships from the Guns. Um, I'm not going to lie. I love that Guns (laughs) uh, entrance in the Dynamite this week. It was great. Um, and, of course, this was a uh, – they had to leave AEW or they quit their careers or some shit like that if FTR lost. Um, and Which I felt was an actual pretty good angle because of all the the rumors and stuff of whether or not they're going to go back to WWE, they're going to stay with AEW. And so this was kind of playing into reality a little bit, which I thought was dope. And um, But, yeah, obviously FTR staying with AEW because they won the tag titles, which this is fantastic. And um, – I mean, obviously, I mean, we all knew the Guns were going to be transitional champions. We just didn't know who they're going to be transitional champions for. Um, I think we all suspected to be FTR, but with all the rumors about whether or not they're going to WWE or not, who knew? This could have literally been. I feel like this was a fifty-fifty. This could have been them leaving to go to WWE, WWE too, um, which I'm sure they're happy they're not, based off of our number one story of the night, which we'll get to soon. But congrats to FTR for winning the AEW Tag Team Titles. Matt Riddle, story number seven. Matt Riddle returned to Monday Night Raw. Um, I don't know if they ever talked about it on TV, if they just wrote him off with like a beatdown or something, but if they ever talked about why uh, he was gone. Uh, but, yeah, he was in rehab, uh, getting his life together. Happy to see him back. Um, hopefully Randy Orton's not too far behind him. Um, he showed up to, um, if I remember correctly, to uh, kind of aid Sami Zayn, who was getting his ass beat by the Usos. And, uh, yeah, Matt Riddle's back. That's it for the story. Uh, happy to see where he goes. Hopefully, like I said, RK Bros put back together because they still have to finish that story. I need that story finished because that shit was on fire. I need Matt Riddle on a camel again in Saudi Arabia. All right, story number six. WWE was officially sold-ish to Endeavor, the parent company of UFC, and now they have merged with UFC, and I guess they're creating a new company with uh, both companies. So, um, Endeavor bought 51% of the shares um, from WWE, so they own the majority uh, shareholder, whatever the stock terms are. And, um, yeah, 
Very interesting. Uh, I guess the deal will be settled in later on in the year, and uh, very interesting to see what happens, um, especially after Monday Night Raw, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I think it's exciting. I think the shaking it up. Let's shake it up a little bit. So, um, new company coming in, and yeah, new company being formed, which is wild. UFC. I've had to see Dana White on a lot of TikToks, like defending this merger. Like people are like. Is UFC going to be fake? <laughs> are pe- There's no way in hell people are this dumb, right? There's no way in hell people are this dumb. And, uh, you know, is some of the questions, is WWE become more real? No, 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 no. Guys, seriously, how do y'all not figure this out? Like, like if you, like Anheuser-Busch, I'll bring up Anheuser-Busch because they're in a lot of uh, controversy, whatever, right now with, uh, with Bud Light and their Bud Light, um, I guess, uh, promotion of... Uh, of LG, LGBTQ, LGBTQ rights, um, and people like protesting Anheuser Busch because of this, and but then they realize exactly how many beers Anheuser Busch has. Like they, they, you're gonna stop drinking a lot of beer, guys, um, because they own a lot. These, that's what most people don't understand. Um, I mean, even Disney, Disney owns Fox, they own Marvel, they own uh, Star Wars, they own all these different entities, they own Pixar. They own all these different entities, and this is nothing different than that. This is the type of shit you see all the time. Um, so I don't see anything crazy and wild happening like that. I haven't seen Marvel Man pop up in the Star Wars movie yet, so I think we're Marvel Man. Did I say Marvel Man? Iron Man. Iron Man popping up in a Star Wars movie yet. All right, story number five. AEW announces All In will be live from London at Wembley, Wembley Stadium. I can't ever say that word, Wembley. Wembley? Wembley? Um, that's, it's at, it's at the end of August. I can't remember. It's the weekend before all out, which is just a couple weeks before grand slam. And I was talking to the boys in the group chat, um, just how wild of a month that is for fucking AEW, um, all in, uh, potentially 90,000 tickets. Um, I doubt they'll do that. They'll probably do the same shit that WWE does where they block off half the stadium and just do some creative cam work. But, um, uh, and I hope no one gives AEW shit for that because WWE did that for the Royal Rumble. They did it for SummerSlam last year. I mean, if you guys saw the footage or the pictures of SummerSlam last year where, I mean, literally half the stadium was empty. It was blacked out. And they literally only had half the stadium. I find that fascinating. So I hope nobody gives AEW shit for that because WWE does it a lot. Um but I hope they don't. I hope they sell 90,000 tickets. But um, that's a big deal, man. It's a big dick move on Tony Khan's part, and I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for it. If I lived in Europe, I've lived in Europe before, and I wish I lived in Europe right now because best believe I would have already booked my flight to London for that weekend because I would be getting a ticket and going. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be great. I think it's going to be exciting. And uh, their first stadium show, and I believe first stadium show, first show in Europe, first all that nonsense. Um, I think they're going to sell some tickets, and we'll talk a little bit later about what matches could uh, really sell that show out. All right, story number four. John Cena is set to be an executive producer on a new eight-part docuseries called The Recruit. Uh, he will also be featuring inside of it, inside the, the docuseries, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and others will also be a part of it. And from what it looks like, it looks like it's going to be behind the scenes of probably the Performance Center. And... Um, not sure where it's going to be. It's probably A&E, maybe Peacock, maybe NBC. Who knows? That's another company. You know, they kind of go back to the store we're talking about. Uh, NBC Universal. All the, They own like USA. They own all types of shit. Guys, just calm down about WWE and UFC being under one company. You'll be all right. 
but yeah, no, I'm excited. I like uh, I like these type of things, and um, uh, and we have we don't really get them like we used to. Remember back in the WWE Network days, we used to get shit like this all the time because they want to make WWE Network worth your money, other than just the pay per views. Um, they really could have made their money if they put Raw and SmackDown Live and NXT Live on them. If they if they, if they could figure that shit out, man. Um, these uh, these uh, broadcast rights are so archaic. Just put it live on the fucking app and call it good. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. it. Has we don't get them that often, so I'm excited to see it. But I've be- definitely been enjoying the AEW, excuse me, the A and E uh, shows. Uh, the what they've been doing like biography and rivals and stuff like that. Um, those have all been really fun to watch too. All right, story number three: Dax Harwood. He 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 made a comment about all in, and I kind of like this comment. He's kind of saying the quiet part loud, and I think I think everybody on the internet is talking about this. But he says CM Punk versus or CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite is the match that would sell out all in essentially. Um, and he's goddamn right. If it's not going to be a six-man trios, um, then it has to be Kenny Omega versus CM Punk and maybe Young Bucks versus FTR for the titles. Um, I think that's that's what we need, man. I mean, oh, God. Just think about oh, Just think about it. CM Punk, Kenny Omega. I don't think it ever happened to AEW. I would remember. Um, and so, therefore, it's never happened. And, oh, a year later, after all the drama and everything with Brawl Out, um, Dax is spot on. I mean, if you're trying to sell that building out, CM Punk, whether it be the trios, but I prefer the CM Punk versus Kenny Omega singles match personally. Um, that's what we need to see, and that's what needs to happen. So hopefully Dax has got something, uh, uh, got some insider info he's trying to leak out uh, on the sly, if you will. All right, story number two, WWE announces that the draft is coming back very, very soon. I think Triple H's words uh, on Friday Night SmackDown were like in the next few weeks or some shit like that. Um, this would be great. Uh, this is the perfect time. This is why Triple H needs to stay in charge. The dude's got a mind. This is the perfect time to do the draft. Remember they did the draft like back in September right before Survivor Series? It was fucking stupid or whatever October it was. Um, they would do it right before Survivor Series, and it was so dumb. And then, of course, on top of that, they do Raw versus SmackDown, blah, 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 blah. Listen, give me an old-school draft, too, man. Give me the guy sitting in the locker room waiting on the news, you know, waiting on what, where are they going, if they're going to go anywhere. Uh, it just popped up on TikTok, I think, of the original draft, Vince McMahon versus Ric Flair. I think Vince McMahon has SmackDown, Flair had Raw, and they, they put out the rules very clearly. He's like 20 – superstars would be drafted on TV and the rest of them would be drafted off and put on WWE.com or something like that. I think that was so cool. Had everybody in the back. Remember how pissed off Undertaker was when he got drafted to SmackDown? It was great. That's the type of shit I want to see, man. Um, but yeah, really excited about the draft coming up and uh, we'll put out more news. Check out WrestleBuzz on Instagram, at WrestleBuzz. Uh, always got the best news. Always got the best stuff for you. And actually, you know, speaking of, before I jump into the story number one, uh, on this 10 count, uh, if you check out at WrestleBuzz or at From the Top Row Podcast, we put out this week um, the very first uh, digital magazine for From the Top Row, issue number one, um, for free right there on Instagram. Um, kind of a new thing we kind of kicked off, and we kind of like it, and just kind of sums up, and only about six pages, real easy read. Uh, it's a it's a six pages on your phone, so it's super easy, and um, 
yeah, we talk about the match of the week and we talk about wrestlers of the week. We talk some of the big stories and uh, we kind of got some pictures in there too. And it's just real, real cool. Check out WrestleBuzz on Instagram or from the Top Row Podcast on Instagram and check that out. Give it a like too. Uh, I think we're going to put that out over two weeks, um, which um, this podcast may go to every two weeks. Just throwing that out there. Uh, life is busy, <laughs> but. And it's really hard to sum up one week uh, worth of stuff in the one podcast. We have so many great podcasts out there. Um, the Wrestling Journal, Project Cafe. We got preview shows. We got review shows, live review shows. If you guys have not watched the live review show um, that Joseph Crush and the Paper Champion did, uh, they did both nights. And uh, well, I think I think Joseph did one night by himself, the second night by himself, and Paper Champion and Joseph on the first night with a pop in by me live out of SoFi. Um, Check that out. We got so many podcasts going on here, uh, to include the the rise of the, the the no the excuse me I said the rise of the tribal chief the epic of the tribal chief which I'm still working on chapter two and three y'all just work with me I was out of town the last couple weekends but all that being said um, go check out our Instagrams because from the top rope uh, episode or excuse me issue number one is out and we talk about a lot of cool stuff in there. All right, now back to the top ten. Number one. The Mac Daddy of them all, pun intended. Vince McMahon is in charge once again of creative. Now, I don't know what this really means. Um, first off, um, it was evident with Monday Night Raw, trash show, um, and tons and tons and tons of changes. Um, there's that real famous clip right now of Seth Rollins basically being told during the commercial break that his promo had been cut, and he just kind of had to sing and dance in the, in the ring. And... Um, uh, I believe there was, I know there was a Bailey, Bailey was cut out. She was supposed to be in it. She was cut, um, tons of stuff. Vince McMahon has reportedly from all the different news, uh, outlets, um, was sitting in gorilla or in his office and definitely making changes. Um, so while triple H is still in charge of creative, um, head of content or whatever his official title is, um, the buck stops with Vince McMahon once again, um, I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown in its entirety, but um, uh, I heard rumors that he wasn't present for SmackDown. Maybe he was just in town uh, because uh, Friday or Monday Night Raw was in L.A. and he just wanted to fuck around and find out and have a little fun. Maybe the backlash was so bad that he just kind of went back into the dark again. And um, but yeah, Monday Night Raw was pretty bad, pretty pretty bad, very negative, like. Overall, like just negative from everybody, um, especially once the rumors of Vince McMahon coming back started leaking out. So, um, like I said, hopefully it was just that one time. Uh, we'll see what happens with Monday Night Raw this week uh, as we start marching towards backlash. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, that was your 10 count. All right, let's jump into our main topic of the night. And this is just going to be a few minutes of me flexing my fucking ass off because I went to WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania goes Hollywood live from SoFi Stadium in good old Inglewood, California. And I just want to talk about my experience and what it was like going. Um, Like I said, uh, Joseph, Crush, uh, Paper Champion, the boys over at Project Kayfabe, they've already done a great job this week of breaking down everything that happened at WrestleMania. So I'm not going to go through the card. I'm just going to talk about what it was like to go to the event. And um, for all my wrestling fans out there, um, I will I'll kind of put this out there just so you know, just so you get an idea. This is not part of the flex. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very possible to go to WrestleMania, guys. It's not that hard. 
Um, the problem is really is getting the tickets and, you know, hopefully they figure out something because the bots on Ticketmaster or any ticket website, whether it be, uh, AXS or access, whatever they call it, or even live nation Ticketmaster, it doesn't matter wherever you buy your tickets from, um, the bots that get in there on these big shows. uh, I mean, we all saw it with Taylor Swift and just how nonsense it was, um, they got to figure it out. So, of course, I bought my tickets through the uh, ticket sale or resale on Ticketmaster. Um, so, there were, I didn't price check to see how much they were beforehand. But with uh, I bought two tickets, two-night combo. Um, and I wanted good seats. Uh, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted good seats. Uh, my oldest son, uh, he turns 18 this weekend. And I just – he doesn't watch wrestling. And he doesn't listen to this podcast. So he doesn't even know I'm talking about him. But um, he loves going to wrestling shows with me. Uh, we have a good time, and he loves the spectacle of any wrestling show. He loves the, the live environment. So I wanted to get his good seats, so I bought us uh, club-level seats. Um, it was on the uh, – so you had the floor seats, and then you had the first tier, and I was on the second tier. Um, I was uh, opposite a hard camera, so you probably saw my section a lot. You didn't see me while you were watching TV, but you probably saw my section a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I paid a good amount on the resale. Um, I think with all in all with, uh, after ticket master fees and all that fun stuff, I think they're about 1500 a piece. And, um, but let me tell you something, it was absolutely worth it. I'll talk about when we get to the stadium. And, you know, I tell you that because I, that was for the, like what I consider really nice seats. I had a great view. Um, you know, it wasn't right down at the bottom. It was like middle tier, um, and the, you can get good seats up in the nosebleeds too. And let me tell you something, just being at WrestleMania is worth it. Um, being in those nosebleeds is worth it. Um, you could probably get those tickets up there for a few hundred bucks. Um, and, uh, that's what I did for the Royal Rumble. I did nosebleeds for the Royal Rumble, uh, this past year. I think it cost me 50 bucks for a ticket and, uh, it was awesome. And you can still see everything, especially the Alamo Dome is a really nice place to, to, to go to a wrestling show. But, um, Definitely, you should definitely go. And I think my ticket, my plane ticket from, I live in New Mexico, so I had to drive up to uh, Albuquerque, and I flew out, direct flight straight into LAX, and um, I think my ticket was 200 bucks, I think. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I stayed with my son, obviously, because he lives in Long Beach, which was about eh, about 30-minute drive with no traffic uh, from Inglewood, from SoFi. And uh, for those who don't know L.A. that much, uh, LAX is in Inglewood, too. So it was a quick 15-minute drive straight from LAX over to, uh, to SoFi. And, uh, man, the weather was beautiful. It was a little nipply. Well, so the story, I'm going to tell the story because I like this story. <laughs> so my son lives in Long Beach, like I said. So I buy a ticket to fly out the same day. I had to work the day before. So I had to fly out the same day. So I flew out the morning of WrestleMania. I landed about an hour before the doors open and I go and um, I get my rental car and everything and I get to SoFi right at like 2.15 and the doors open at 2.30 and um, which I got my rental car through, uh, shit, what was it? I don't even remember what it was. It was, I think maybe they had 20 cars in the whole inventory and if you guys ever flown into LAX, I mean, there's thousands of rental cars around there. You've got like Enterprise and Hertz and all these big companies. And then you got whatever company I use that I booked through Priceline. And uh, I think it was $25 a day for my rental car. 
And uh, so it was pretty quick. It was in and out. I like using these small companies. It was in and out. It was fantastic. But um, so I get there and I text my son. I told him to meet me there at 2.30 uh, or between 2.30 and 3. That's what I told him. And I knew I should have told him earlier because the son of a bitch can't be on time for anything. Well, of course, he was having his grandma drop him off, and then we were going to drive back later. And the reason why I did this, the reason why I didn't just drive down the Long Beach and pick him up is because there's a, I, when, the one thing I miscalculated whenever I was planning my trip out there was the time change. Because I was like, oh, well, not necessarily the time change, but how early the pay-per-view would start, how early WrestleMania would start, because it was on the West Coast. Uh, so I definitely thought I had plenty of time to drive down there. But when I was actually looking at it, I didn't have time. I was like, hey, man, can you have – Either you drive up or have your grandma drive you up. And he's like, I'll have, I'll have my grandma drive me up. So uh, his grandma drove him up. But, of course, they left late. Uh, and they not only they leave late, but they also, um, of course, they hit traffic. I think a normal 30 to 40 minute took them about an hour and 15 minutes to get up. Um, just, I mean, L.A. traffic in general. But then, of course, just traffic around the arena, uh, around SoFi. So he finally, he's like, he's not he's not close but he just gets out of the car and starts walking. And of course, we turn our little locations on and we follow each other. We give each other a big hug. But I had to pee so bad. And I stood out there. Um, I stood out there for about an hour and a half waiting for him to come in. And you're probably asking yourself, why didn't you just go in and transfer your ticket? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a experienced guy. All right, I'm not going into WrestleMania without my boy. All right, I'm not walking in and seeing that stage. For the first time, seeing the crowd, feeling the energy. I'm not doing that alone. I'm doing that with my boys. So I hung out and I waited. We got in about 45 minutes. And uh, I got it just, this is not a flex because it didn't mean anything, but it looked cool to my son. Uh, You know, you have different entry gates and you have to use whatever entry gates on your ticket uh, just because of the way SoFi is kind of like set up. Like, you can't start at one end of SoFi and walk all the way around of it. It's very compartmentalized. I can never do that. So it's very sectioned off. Um, I had access for about six sections in my area. And um, so you couldn't, if you wanted to go anywhere else, you had to kind of go down, up, and out and stuff. It's very, you get your own section. So we had our own entrance to go through, and of course it was called VIP 11, I think it was. So I just looked cool as shit in front of my son going through VIP. He thought we were cool, and I didn't, I didn't want to tell him, like, hey, it's just, this is what they call our entrance. It's nothing special. Um, but we went in and, uh, and you know, going through metal detectors, all that fun stuff. And we get, we get to the spot, and uh, we have to shoot. Before you walk in the door, you have to show the guy, little usher, your ticket. And uh, he goes, and the guy goes, okay, you go down. We got, my son's like, we go down. I'm like, yeah, we go down, I guess. And uh, fun fact about SoFi, though, I read about this before I went in there, but SoFi was actually built below sea level. So uh, just the way it's designed, it's sunk into the ground, which I guess helps with making every seat a good seat in the house, um, which it looked amazing in there. It, it was fantastic. Um, so we go down, and when we get down to the next level, we go to show the usher our ticket, and this says you got to go down again. And my son's like, "We're going down again." I was like, "Oh shit, bro! Yeah, we're going down again, man." So we go down again, and when you walk in, before you walk into where our seats were, you have to show a ticket again, and you have to show them every time you want to leave. So we're in a protected area, uh, which a lot of places in SoFi are like that, where that you can't just willy nilly walk in there. It's kind of like what I was talking about, where the areas are all sectioned off. 
So we had to show our ticket to get in, and, I mean, the seats were perfect. I mean, we got in there, and you just – I mean, they, you couldn't have asked for better seats. I mean, one lo- level down would have been cooler, I guess, but we could feel everything around us. It was so amazing. We were si- sitting in section uh, C243, um, and, uh, yeah, so like I said, we're opposite a hard camera. But uh, So, yeah, let's go get some food. And all the food establishments were phenomenal, and – uh, they were so good, and everything was expensive. $17 beers, $15 uh, sandwiches, you know, the whole deal. Anything you ever do with these things. But um, when my son says, hey, can we get a – he wants a pretzel. I was like, damn, a pretzel sounds pretty good. And we walk around, and we can't find a pretzel anywhere, and we are convinced that we're in, we are in such good seats that they don't even have poor people food, like the fun <laughs> stadium food. And which they didn't. The only food they served was like these really nice sandwiches and like gourmet hot dogs and like um, burgers and stuff. It was really fancy. It had a full bar right there. The bar never had a line either. You could always walk up and get something to drink. Um, I wouldn't pay you the price for them, but uh, you always could get a drink. And uh, the bathrooms were nice. We had plenty of clean bathrooms. It was great. And uh, so I told my buddy, I was like, hey, we'll find you a. Uh, We'll find you a, a, a. We'll have to go to one of the other sections or something like that. Well, of course, WrestleMania Night One was phenomenal. Um, so we never left our seats except just go take a piss real quick. Um, I did leave for a little bit during the uh, the SmackDown Women's Title match. Uh, I caught most of it, uh, but I went to go hit the merch stand. I had to hit the merch stand um, and picked up, uh, you know, the standard shit. I got my WrestleMania shirt, all that fun stuff. <coughs> So, um, uh, but yeah, trying to leave was a big pain in the ass after that. Um, the, I was a little disappointed that the fireworks weren't like the, the, they didn't really do fireworks until the main events, the semi and the, the main, um, there wasn't really fireworks. There was, I mean, Seth had the fire when he came out, which was awesome being in the crowd for, to sing his song. Um, and that was really about it. I mean, until the main, until the semi and the main, whenever, uh, uh, Rio won, and then of course uh, the tag team match where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won had the nice fireworks display. Um, I talked about this on the the review show. I had no idea that SoFi. I thought SoFi was like a dome, like so, like an enclosed building. It's not. It's definitely not. It's definitely outdoor, which is great because LA always has great weather. Uh, was just a really nice covering. So it did get really goddamn cold later as the the sun went down. It did get pretty cold, and the sun took forever to go down. Um, it took a long time. Uh, I think it was maybe like 70% of the way through the show by the time the sun really set. And, um, yeah, of course, trying to leave was a big pain in the ass. Um, we did hang out. Of course, I was on the, the post show with uh, the boys, and we did hang out for a little bit and, uh, and then head back to the car, and we drove – Took us about an hour to get down to back down to Long Beach. Just from once we left the arena, sitting in traffic, trying to get out, and then the next day I wake up and uh, my boy and I went and ate breakfast and uh, we went back to the house. I told him, "Hey man, I'm an old man. I'm going to lay down for a few minutes and take a quick power nap." Well, my sorry ass slept for two hours. Uh, he comes knocking on the door. He's like, "Hey man, are you all right?" And I was like, "Oh shit." Let's go, man. We got to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> so we drive to WrestleMania. And of course, the traffic is awful. Um, traffic is absolutely awful. It takes us way too long to get there. It takes us way too long to find a place to park. Um, luckily enough, we did get a place next to our 
um, next to our gate, so it wasn't too bad. But we got into the show with about 30 minutes to spare. Um, so we ran upstairs to go to the poor people food. That's what we, were, we called it, the poor people food, um, where they didn't check tickets. And like I said, my my boy just wanted a pretzel. We still couldn't find a pretzel, but we did get nice, cheap hot dogs that were compared to the gourmet shit they were cooking downstairs. Um, and of course, got my WrestleMania souvenir cups. Uh, got one for you, Joseph Crush, be in the mail soon. And um, and then we made our way down, and we showed up right during the intro video uh, to our seats. <clears throat> and yeah, WrestleMania Night Two just had a different vibe in the whole building. Like it, it was, I mean, the matches were fine, but um, the vibe was different. And maybe that was something to come. Um, I just remember whenever Cody and Seth were getting ready to come on, and I was like, "What the hell? It's um, it's only nine o'clock." Uh, which, by the way, is cool seeing Hell in a Cell live. Never seen that before. Um, sorry I had to end so weird because of Finn getting crushed in the face and the head. But um, no, it was so cool. But yeah, it was like it was like eight o'clock uh, West Coast time whenever Cody and Roman started. And I was like, oh shit, man, they're gonna wrestle for half an hour or uh, sixty minutes. I can feel it um, because whatever. Because um, my son was excited, he's like, "Damn, we can get home a little early." We were even talking like, "Damn, let's hit let's hit in and out on the way home," which we did anyways. But because um, uh, you know, night two ended earlier than night one. Um, but um, yeah, like I said earlier in the show, you could just feel the entire vibe in that whole building. I mean, everyone just left. We did. We just left. Once we realized that was it, and that was all that was happening, I was like, "All right, man, let's get the hell out of here. Maybe we can." Maybe we can beat the traffic home, which we sat in a little bit of traffic, and then we went to in and out And, of course, uh, busted out of LAX the next day to head back to Albuquerque. And it was funny. You could see a whole bunch of wrestling fans walking around, and I could feel the vibe in LAX too, man. Um, I felt like WWE let us down on that one. That was WWE had a chance to create a moment that would probably make WrestleMania 39 one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And, uh, nope. They said, not yet, Cody, not yet. It ain't yours yet. But um, lastly, um, I say this, and I tell you how much everything costs because it, I want you all to know that if you if you kind of do your shit right, uh, WrestleMania is definitely affordable. And that was my second WrestleMania, my first proper WrestleMania. My first one was the, um, the post-pandemic one down at Raymond James where it was like half – like only 20,000 people in there for what was supposed to be like 65,000. So we're all social distance, wear a mask. Um, but this is my first proper one. And WrestleMania is a goddamn experience. And if you're a wrestling fan and you have not just put the the money and set the money aside and put the energy in to trying to get to a WrestleMania, um, then you're selling yourself short to a experience that you will remember forever. And that's what life is all about. Um, I'll kind of give you a reading rainbow kind of closing here, but, uh, life is experiences and life is about having fun and doing the things that make you happy and spending a shitload of money and maybe going into slight credit card debt to go to WrestleMania was absolutely worth it. Um, I know a bunch of us, uh, at the WrestleBuzz podcast network are planning our, uh, WrestleMania 40 trip to Philadelphia, uh, all of us going together. Um, and really looking forward to that because, uh, um, there's something special about going to, something special about going to wrestling shows in general, but something really special about a WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. It was, uh, it was awesome. And, uh, if you follow me on, I, I hate garbage rooms, you can follow my story highlights and see all the stuff on there.
for my amazing weekend. But I have rambled on long enough. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram at I Hate Gersh Brooms. You can follow this podcast at From the Top Row Podcast. You can follow the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network at WrestleBuzz uh, on Instagram, at WrestleBuzz with three Zs on Twitter, at WrestleBuzz on TikTok. Uh, don't forget, you can also listen to our other shows on this podcast feed, uh, the Wrestling Journal Podcast and Project Kayfabe. Uh, like I said, at Project underscore Kayfabe on Instagram. This has been episode number 61 of From the Top Rope Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Look forward to hearing from you on Instagram. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you soon. Ciao.